Join us in person for three days of learning, connecting, and forward thinking about long-term care pharmacy in lovely San Antonio Hill Country. Get ready for the conversations that will spark aha moments. Oh my goodness. This is the Integra 2022 conference, always forward. Sign up today for this special event featuring leaders in long-term care pharmacy like Alan Rosenblum. Alan is the president and CEO of the Senior Care Pharmacy Coalition. The SCPC is the only trade group in Washington, D.C. dedicated exclusively to the political and public policy interests of long-term care pharmacies. Register at 2022alwaysforward.com. That's 2022alwaysforward.com. listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. Welcome to the Integra X-Files, a place where we'll explore and solve for the X-Factor that will help reshape the future of long-term care pharmacy. Join us to discuss topics and insights that will help you discover ways to grow your pharmacy, stay up to date on important legislative and regulatory issues, learn best practices for operating a profitable pharmacy business, and unlock the mysteries of technology. Join hosts Francis Nahas, Chief Strategy Officer for Red Sail Technologies, and Jim McDonald, Vice President of Sales at Integra, as they connect with experts and leaders in the field to bring you content that matters in long-term care. All right, here we are again, folks. Welcome to the Integra X-Files podcast. This is Francis Nahas, one of your hosts. I am Jim McDonald uh, with Integra, and we've got a really good guest today. He happens to be my boss, so I have to say great things about him. So uh, Bob Bates, uh, he's the president of Integra and uh, QS1 uh, at Red Sail Technologies. He's a C-level healthcare software leader. Um, he's an entrepreneur with strong technology operations and product background, and he's been very successful here as well, but uh, other companies as CIOs, CTOs. COOs and presidential roles. So that's Bob Bates. Thank you, Jim. Um, I think I work for you anyway, so you're probably the leader in the industry. <laughs> at least we, at least we okay. understand that. We're good. <laughs> Get that out of the way right now. Yeah, we're like, good with that. Jim gives the big introduction. And I'm like, Bob, tech guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is who we have today. Top nerd. I get Incre- it. Incredible leader and top nerd. <laughs> this is well, perfect. I'm humble. Um, so yes, we, we we're keeping it in house this week, right? We're we're bringing in one of our own. Um, in part, though, because what we want to talk about this week is technology, and there's no one I know better to talk about that than than Bob. So this is going to be fun. We're gonna we're gonna all tech out for for thirty minutes to an hour and have a good time. Awesome. So Bob, where are you this morning? Are you home? Or are you in Spartanburg? I am in Atlanta um, because we're heading to the MHA conference on Wednesday. So I'm taking off from the big airport in the south. But um, usually every other week I'm in Spartanburg, which is one of our headquarters. Since yeah. you brought that up, Bob, I'm going to jump in here for just ah. a second. We do have the MHA conference that we're attending. Integra is uh, attending this week um, in um, Las Vegas. 
So we'll have all of our products there available for a look. Uh, we have some private showings on a new product that we're working on, but we'll be at MHA this week. And also for all of our, our uh, Integra customers and others that want to attend, uh, June 7th through the 9th, we have our Integra conference in uh, San Antonio, Texas. And we've got some great speakers there. I know Alan Rosenblum from Senior yep. Care Pharmacy Coalition is one of those. Uh, we do awesome. have a motivational speaker as our keynote. So it'll be a really good conference and we want everybody to, to attend and uh, enjoy what we do there. So yep. thanks for the intro into the trade shows. Perfect. Yeah, there, there we go. That that officially concludes our commercial break. It does. <laughs> so, thanks, everyone. So, Bob, how is Atlanta? Are you, you're on the acreage. You're on the... Um, yeah. So for those who don't know, we live on a big 101 plot yeah. uh, overlooking. So if you see me look out the window, it's because uh, Heron's out there probably stealing some fish in our little pond that we have out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Or there's That's an otter. Awesome. Yeah. Or there's an otter, which... Sufficient otter. See, I love an otter though. They're super fun. They're Actually, but the the Atlanta Aquarium downtown has like their mm. little otter exhibit. I could stand there and watch them for hours. They're just hilarious. They are beautiful, but they yeah. are they don't run from you when you walk up on them. So I accidentally walked up on one as he was stealing. <laughs> they eat about two to three pounds of fish a day. And wow. my son was behind me and he kind of looked at me and said, Well, I'm not moving. So don't think about it. So we walk back up there. there you go. Nice. Smart nice. Move. So do you get sufficient internet access out the out there for, for no, somebody we, who's a tech nerd? Wireless. Okay. Okay. There we go. There we go. Awesome. So let's let's jump in. So our our topic this week is kind of cloud technology, the great enabler, but really it's just let let's talk tech. Um so what what's new what's the new stuff that's cool what's cool about the cloud you you you've worked a bunch now at kind of multiple places and helping companies move into the cloud what gets you excited about awesome thank you and i do get excited so you gotta kind of temper me a little bit but um what the number one thing is people move more to platforms which is uh platform as a service you heard software as a service well the next evolution of that is building platforms and the reason you can build platforms is because you build them in a serviceable way. So what people used to build in the past, and you know, there's an evolution of what, 50, 60 years of this, but database centric um, with code wrapped around it and store procedures. And then they build forms on the top of that. And if you look at those aren't very scalable, right? So what's happened is you heard service, you know, service oriented architecture. So they started to evolve. Well, now they've become, you know, much more, uh, actually they're, easier to teach and to educate people, but it's a transformational thing in your head. But you build uh, functions and you build those as discrete components on top of a platform that everybody can use. And then you step one layer up and you say, okay, access to that platform is with APIs. So it's really simple. You just build databases with discrete functionality. That's major functions in a platform. And then you build APIs on the top of that. And then what's really cool is then mobile technology. People used to have to build mobile apps and it'd take them six months to a year and there's maintenance and there's always bugs. You don't have to do that because just innately out of the box, you have a very scalable, um, very reusable platform because you have these APIs that are just standard and people hear APIs what are they? That just means access and integration points with defined uh, rules of engagement. How do you talk? It's kind of like the English language, right? That's our API with the rest of the world. Nice. So, so I'm going to go back to the first part you said 
And this is what, for those who don't know, this is what Bob and I do all the time. Bob gives the technical answer to Mike. Yeah. For, for those like me that do not have a technical no. background. She's smart. Don't let her kid you. Um, part of the evolution that I heard in there is almost like, it's like a factory and it's going from doing things serially to doing things like, hey, let's make each of the components and then you can bring them together far more quickly than if you actually have to go kind of step-by-step step along the chain. Is that part of the evolution that's happened? It totally is. And, you know, we're kind of leading into this because we actually have a platform. We've replatformed our entire company with yeah. two parts, the PMS, the exchange, which means interactions with all of our partners and even yeah. our pharmacies. And then we have the data lake behind it to get information. But totally part of the transformation is if you think about it, you know, somebody asked me, said, well, how long does it take to enter this market? And what are the things that will hold you up? If you don't take this route, you think, you know, we got about 70, 80 people working on this for the last yeah. two years. You can't do that if you take another approach architecturally. So you have to be wise and saying, design it up front. And yep. we can go into some of the design too, but absolutely. It's much more discreet and you can have multiple people working on it. And then you really just make sure that ties together and you have a few architects or engineers that do that. So um, much, and not only is it scalable from a development perspective, but also from a release and maintenance perspective, I mean, we can move so much faster because of the discreteness and the design that went into it up front. And we did this in two years. I mean, so we're, we're about to have a platform. I always tease that it's like having a baby, right? We're in the third trimester and you know we're just kind of walking around the gym, hoping that the water breaks because we're about to give birth to our first platform, which is really cool. My baby, our baby. That the water breaks, right? Our little baby. There you go. So why... Why though, you know, folks have had a system and we've all been through this. It's like, I joke all the time. I was like getting off the Blackberry back in the day, mm, moving to the iPhone. Blackberry. You're like, it's different and it's new. Right. But why, yep. what are the benefits of, of technology that's in the cloud versus, Man, I, you know, for the layman, for the per, you know, the pharmacist that's out there, that's using it. What makes one it of those is one of those less is more. So you have less <laughs> expensive systems and so forth. Is that one of those? Man, there's so much has come around. It's actually fun to be. I mean, when your hobby is your job, it's like a blast. I mean, I just that technologies come around where it's easier to roll out platforms. But um, yeah. you, you asked where some of the things that stop people from making the move. I mean, there's concerns with control. People like to see a server, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, they like to see the ability. My data is here. So I, if I can see it, it exists. And the truth is, they yeah. can't see it. What happens if the internet goes down? And I'm like, well, then. If it does, you're not going to be processing prescriptions anyway. Um, right, and there's right. other ways, like there's satellite now, that, you know, you got Starlink, you've got wireless. I mean, I'm out, like we were joking about, <laughs> I'm out in the middle of the woods in 101 acres. Yeah. And I'm high tech because I have an internet gateway. And also we're about to have Starlink in, uh, installed yeah. as well. I mean, you, you have redundancy, you have the same data. Um, and the things you get from the, you move to, you know, we're going to talk about cloud in a little while, but I'm yeah. sure that's the lead in. But you think about it, normally a well-run pharmacy, you have one discrete server and it's not scalable, right? So yeah. um, they think they got something, you know, in front of them and it feels good and, and totally understand why. But if you think about the, if you move to a remote host, which is, I mean, we've been doing that for 20 years, right? It's not, don't call it yeah. cloud. It's a private cloud is what they call it now. Yeah. That's the new yeah. word. But there was hosting done remotely and you have a main site, which is where your operational data is. In fact, if you really run it well, there's two sites and then there's a third one for DR. So you'll hear the term high availability. But the second you go toward those technologies, which is just new, it's a transformational thing for an industry that didn't have to do it. 
Um, now we're seeing scale. We're seeing, you know, people want to do central fill, things yeah. like that. And if, if you're moving toward things like that, you, you almost have to move to the cloud to be efficient. The yeah. other thing is with security, there's no way I'd want a server on-prem unless I was really good at what I do. And um, we have security experts, so we manage that ourselves. But yeah. you think about it, you've got two live sites with your data, so you're not going to lose your data ever. And we've architected where even if there was a pause, we hold that data and then we resend it. Then we have a DR site. So if you ever were down. So, so, so DR, because you said this before, I'm going to define this. Disaster recovery. You don't know it. Yeah, disaster, disaster recovery. So when so, so basically it's it's sort of three sites. There's two that are active at any time that are working. That's right. So if one of those goes down, you still have an active kind of cloud site working. Yeah, DR is And then OMG. you have a third one that's like, okay, if it really gets bad. Yeah, yeah, I call recover. DR OMG. I mean, oh my God, it's really <laughs> broke. I have to go pull data and rebuild a system. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start editing that in slides. It's no longer gonna be DR. It's gonna be OMG. <laughs> That's perfect. Nice. So, is my performance gonna be better when I'm in the cloud as far as my systems go? Absolutely. Yeah. One time, people would, and they had a valid argument. I mean, it was, um, you know, browser based versus man, I'm local, and it, it does perform better. And actually, the old uh, the older architectures. You think about it, oh, simply put, there's a database, which is just a bunch of storage. And then they built like programs right on top of it were scripts. The problem is as complex as this business is now, and it's grown, I mean, you think about it, it took us probably, we're still defining some of the system, right? It takes years and all those store procedures are down there. So there's interactions, there's actually latency with those, there's uh, the ability to design and get things out faster. So when you think about that, it did perform at one time, now the browsers have caught up with that. So they do a lot of caching, the way they interact with the system itself and in the cloud um, allows you to same speed. And actually I would debate that you have a greater, it, it allows you the ability when you go that route to roll features out quicker. I mean, it, it, actually an example, we were in a San Diego trade show, um, you know, and you could describe the event, but we were actually making changes right up. Say, hey, I wanna see this. So we added functionality in that system within an hour and we fully tested it because we built automation in our capability. So yeah, it performs. And then the other thing I would say, if you look at performance, if you have a singular system out at a site, first of all, you're going to have hardware failures. It's not, it's not a if it's a when do you have another server waiting a and B they have physical limitations with what we've done in hosting. You don't. And actually the man, technology is so beautiful. Now it's, like you auto spawn services or code, you know, and it scales out horizontally. So if you're seeing, you know, that you know, usage is up and you're running an export or you're running end of month, which we see, and you know, they are our cycles, um, you won't see that. If we build that correctly, which we have um, in the cloud, we test that and you don't have one server, you have as many as you need to run this. Uh, okay. This so, ecosystem. so I'm going to once again, dumb this down to Francis level. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> so this is like my computer's doing super slow because I got Excel running and I control out delete and I'm looking at my memory. I'm looking at my CPU and they're like maxing out. Right. The point here is, hey, if you're on site with a server, that's happening in those big months. And if you're in the cloud, it's just like, OK, great. We're, we've got another server and another server and another server. Yeah, I need more stuff. So you're yeah, never, well you're not constrained by, hey, this one little machine sitting on my desk is the max I can do. Is that, is that my? Totally is. Okay. 
Yeah. You maybe look smarter than I am. And actually, Frances plays that part, but her daddy has like multiple patents. So we were joking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she always I, asks I, really I, good questions and makes it simple. He's he's a good engineer. And I'm like, how do I explain this like I'm in kindergarten? <laughs> like, help me translate. <laughs> That's the role. That's the role. Um, cool. So why is so one of the here's a kind of thing that I noodle on all the time. So I've spent um, the last decade of my career in healthcare. Before that, I did nothing in healthcare. And actually one of one of the jobs I had, we spent a, spent a lot with the federal government. So it was a bit of a shock for me when I moved into healthcare and was like, oh, the government might actually be more advanced from, yeah. from an IT <laughs> perspective, which is not usually the perception. Um, but it has been my experience like that moving into healthcare uh, you've got some of the the most incredible forward-thinking clinical things going on and technology that is often kind of pretty behind the times. So why like why is that? Why do you why do you think that is? You've been in healthcare for a while, Bob. What do you see? Gosh, I, and you're right. I did see it when I came out. It was like a shock. I was like, mm-hmm. man, you know, um, I think number one is why. If if nobody else is making that investment, I mean, we're gonna be the the leader in the cloud. The, the second one is there's, I mean, I look at it and there's like 40 years of, I mean, especially in the long-term care space, but even in community, you've got like very complex and I built claim system in the past on my team that it's highly complex and nobody took the time to go back and say, this is what I built over time. It was an accumulation and regulations followed it. Um, but then I, I would say that the third one is, so there's three, right? There's the, you know, you got the cultural slash nobody else is doing it uh, kind of a combo. Maybe that's two. Yeah. Um, three is you have a very complex system. Um, and then four, a lot of people have tried and they failed and um, they failed in their approach. And um, what we've seen, you know, and I've seen it not just here, but in other places and in, in the industry, basically in healthcare is the failure to marry business intelligence and design from a, um, that perspective with technology and do it together I, I see it either level loaded toward or heavily weighted toward, you know, either it's all about the BAs and then it's all about the, the tech and you've got to get those two working well together. And then you got to kind of come up with an MVP, like what is a basic platform look like? And don't get too complex, right? Good engineers and, and good business uh, leaders keep things simple and then they grow. Yeah. And so we did it over time, a more of an iterative phased approach with uh a good foundation and that good foundation matters. If you don't yeah. do that right, I can guarantee you, you will spend lots of money and you won't be successful. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back and define for our non-techie folks who might be on the call, BAs, as some of you said, uh, so the business analysts. Sounds, yes, thank so you. So it's, it's marrying the folks who are, who understand the technical, how it works with the people yeah. who understand like, hey, what are you actually trying to accomplish? What's the, thank what's you the system that. goal That's or business cute. goal? Yeah, a question that we always get when we're out talking to people about the cloud is what if the cloud goes down? You mentioned earlier, if your server goes down, you're not going to fill prescriptions anyway. So what are our cloud backups that people can access? You mentioned a few items there. Yeah, because you're browser-based, you can actually, and then we've tested it, you can use a, a laptop, you use your, or you can use your server and you can go out through. I would recommend it to anybody anyway. You should have a plan B. And that plan B is wireless. I mean, whether it's satellite wireless or it's 5G, you know, and 6G will come out in another few years, but those things are built with broadband capabilities. Um, 
And I would go that route. Later on, you'll see us downloading an agent, but still, that's not the answer. The answer is connectivity. Mm-hmm. And if you have low internet landline, I would actually say that's secondary and go wireless. Um, and, and then vice versa, right? If you can't get, you know, if you can get fiber there and you're going wireless and that's a gateway and you're a long care facility, go with the fiber, but then have a backup. I mean, in my house, I have a, a internet gateway and I get heavy throughput. And then, you know, you've got satellites that are you know, giving, you know, yeah. multiple gig. So well, that's funny. I think it's been a, it's been a decade since I've even had a landline in my own home. Yeah. Right. It's all it's it's fiber now and and sell. Yeah. Wireless. I worked for the phone company at one time and uh yeah, I don't I don't have a landline. Why? Why would you do that? Yeah. My uh I laugh, my sister, they they finally got they finally got rid of theirs. I think the only reason they still had it was because they had kids who didn't have a cell phone yet. And so if yeah. they were, you know, it's like they gave that one number to call and then they were gonna get rid of it and we were laughing because it was like, no, that's the it's the only phone number I have memorized. That one of my parents. That's it. That's all I know, <laughs> all I know by heart. Pretty addicting and life changing because yeah. I, mean, I went visited yeah. my daughter in Copenhagen recently, and we're at dinner, and I'm like working on my phone. She's she grabbed my phone and she grabbed my watch. Yeah. She goes, "So you think that?" And she's like working on her masters, and she's pretty nerdy too. Pretty awesome yeah. kid. She grabs her phone, and puts them puts them aside, and says, "Hey, no no tech." We're right. Have dinner. Um, get a, an actual dinner. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm expecting her to be on the phone, not me. Right. And I appreciate. I appreciate the fact she did that too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Jim said I'm not answering your emails anymore. Anymore. Right. You, you get the rest of the weekend off. <laughs> That's right. I still kept sending that. He just still so you, know. <laughs> you know. You know. It's addictive. It's hard to get away. It really is. So if if I'm a pharmacist listening, or I'm a COO. What questions should I be asking as I'm looking at new technology? What's the thing, you know, hey, if, particularly if I'm moving from something where it's on site and I've got a server in my facility to something that's in the cloud, what should I be thinking about? What questions should I be asking? Can I read some stats real quick yeah. though? First, yeah. kind of like, why be fearful? You know, you're right, it's cultural and it's probably more yeah. industry related in some mm-hmm. cases. Um, and, and I stole these off the web, so you go grab yourself. And, right. Uh, and I'm, plagiarizing, but you know, I'll give credit if I have to at the end. Eighty-one uh, percent of all enterprises have reported they have a multi-cloud strategy. Yeah. So yeah, twenty percent of the US. I debate on what areas those are or what sectors, but yeah, even the federal government has moved there. Like uh, hey, hey two thousand and four, we were implementing, you know, web-based ERP systems for the federal government. Now not fully cloud yet, but like moving yeah. that, which was way farther along than healthcare was at the time. Um, 2021, two thirds of enterprise infrastructure was cloud-based. And, and we actually have a hybrid just then I'll yeah. explain what a hybrid is in a little while. It's reported 80% of the, 82% of the workload will work, uh, be in the cloud this year. So I'll just kind of give you the heavier, the big companies that know that scale is important and innovation is important have moved. Um, and if you look at the big players, they're Amazon. Amazon's about a third of the market. Uh, about uh, 17 to 18% is in um, Azure, or which is Microsoft. And then you have Google and other players out there. Um, and then platform is, as a service, which we are building, which is, that's where people really, if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're thinking future and you want something that, that will live on, um, yeah. that's expected to grow in adoption by about 56% this coming year. So. Uh, actually, I was at by 2020, so you know yeah. it's even greater than that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that, and, and it makes sense. If you've worked with these technologies, you kind of know, I know it, it, it pays off. And so yeah. those are the things I would look for. And then the, if you're looking for as a COO, which I've, I've been fortunate enough to be in those roles, you look at, you know, cost and scalability. And I would offer in, in infrastructure, it is so critical that if you aren't good at what you do, you know, my experience has been do what you do really well. And the things you're not as good at, give to somebody who's an expert and the cost of entry to do it right is very high. And the one thing I would be really worried about right now is security. So if you don't have security experts and you don't have security by design and security tested in your releases, then, and you don't have an architecture that supports that, that, that would scare the daylights out of me right now. And, and it does actually, it scares me. And that's what, you know, that's what keeps me up at night. And we actually have, experts that work on that and we have governance going on and we have you know we, we actually run tools every day to make sure that that's uh that we're protected and that's mission critical and if you look at what we do which most people don't if you're running your own facility and you know you get your own data um we we actually encrypt our data in transit and we encrypt it um uh, in uh, rest at rest and then we have tools that overlay that. So those are like the yeah. fundamentals of what we do. So those are the things I look for. And then when you look at TCO, you know, people say, well, why make the move? TCO, I'm going to, we're going to acronym again. Yeah. Total cost. Go ahead. You tell me. You explain. <laughs> You're better at it than I am. Total cost of ownership. What there are you, you spending go. when it's all in versus yeah. just kind of the one top line item or something like that? Yeah. Totally. Thank you, Francis. Um, yeah. When you consider those, it's actually... Um, there's ways to do it where you don't spend more to go to the cloud. And, and there's also, yeah. you know, it's like a agile development. People are really pure about it. Well, you didn't, you know, release code every two weeks and things like that. There's the hybrid model. And I would give you what we do. I mean, we use cloud-based hosting, mm -hmm. which is the metal. We use the network. We use what tools make sense. We actually maintain our own servers. We actually have full automation that we've built. Um, so that, that pipeline is built as well. So, you know, you can pay for the services. They're more expensive or you can find the in-between and you got to go, what, what capabilities do I have and what am I good at? And yep. what am I not good at? We didn't want to give that up because we are building a platform as a service and we want to maintain our maintenance cycles, which are different than <clears throat> what you know Azure would do. They'd say, hey, yeah. we got this big database. We want to bounce it on Saturday at five in the afternoon. For us, yeah. time matters. Yep. Yeah. Hope I answered that. That was a long Yeah, long no, it's good. It's sort of um and I honestly can I be honest? Yeah. It's early here. I don't even remember what the question was I asked. <laughs> <laughs> What's a COO worried about? Which yeah, is the operating there officer. Go. I'm gonna add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're defining <laughs> acronyms today. Um yeah, no, it's good. Well, and I love the the thought process of like, look, what are you really, really good at? And what actually, and it's balanced with what actually takes a good amount of investment to be where you need to be at. And how do you, you know, if you don't, if it's going to cost you a lot and it's difficult to build that in-house, how do you find the partners that can provide that for you? And security is a huge one there with IT these days. Yeah, I'd actually um, say risk is yeah probably going like this yeah. now. Yeah. And, you know, from a cloud perspective, I think it's because of so many systems now, like when we think internally, you know, if you go out and try to buy an HR system or you try to buy a sales system or you try to buy, you know, even a lot of ERP systems these days, it's almost hard to buy one that's not in the cloud. Like that is the way 
they're built and designed and sold these days. So yeah, the, when you look at that too, the it's actually the quality of those packages mm-hmm. have gotten so much better because everybody's yep. using the same code release. Yep. Which yep. is a big deal. And then you know, there's like the follow-ons too that you wouldn't even consider. Like when you call in the support and yeah. you have one software release out there, I don't, the training process for us to get everybody good at that, hey, I know what you're going through, or I saw the same thing yeah. in another customer, it will differ if you have different releases out there. So yeah. those are soft things, but they're really hard things that matter in customer satisfaction yeah. quality. The, this is one of those things I've allowed to be beaten in my head over the last mm-hmm. five years is when your computer asks you to update, go ahead and update. update yeah. <laughs> You're exactly <laughs> right, Francis. <laughs> worth it to do that. And we have, yeah. you know, NRX and PrimeCare, our existing applications, we yeah. push really hard to say upgrade because yeah. we're investing in um, scalability and performance and, and making sure those are clean from a quality perspective. To me, in software, that's the one-on-ones. I mean, if, yeah. if you don't have that, people lose confidence in what you're producing and they won't upgrade. Yeah. So we yeah. fight really hard to make sure we keep those. But that's not in the, you know, even we do hosting. So that's called private cloud. Yep. And then there's some on site, which is not cloud. It can be, you can actually have on yep. site part of your cloud ecosystem. But if, if I did, I would force, you know, that would be auto updates on that. Yeah. Yeah. To keep folks on the same version. Yeah, absolutely. So what's next technology wise? Gosh, I mean, the integration points are, are growing. Um, I, it's a really good question. Um, platform as a service for sure is just going to continue yeah. to take off. Um, I think you'll see an evolution of microservices as well. Uh, the next when you say microservices, what does that mean for folks? Yeah, so um, it's just the ability to take code and make it very modular. I mean, that's okay. really it. Um, even things like auto reporting. So we, we've yeah. actually built, so kind of break down our architecture, you know, from really simply put, it's, you have pharmacy management systems that are currently on site or we host in our data center. You know, now we're building one that's platform in the cloud, um, which, you know, everybody have access to. And then there's the way to talk to it. And that's the exchange. We'll go back to that. I, mean, I just want to make sure everybody has that rationale yeah. on their head and because it matters now when you go to the data. So um, that's another thing I would ask the COO too. How do I get access to data? Because um, we, we actually have invested in build a data lake. So what you don't have when you when you build a discrete distributed network, you can do that, and they do. They bring it back into uh, uh, what I call big databases. Yeah. Um, but we've invested to build a data lake, and what does that mean? It means all data that you use, and either in transactional or you know any any historical data, any any operational data, we put that in one place. And then when you do that and that data lake, it's, uh, it allows you, we actually build a report generator. So you'll be able to key off data and you'll have your own sandbox. And then that's coming. So for us, technology wise, data lakes have been out for a while, but they're evolving pretty nicely now. Yeah. Um, we're using a Spark uh, interface as well. And you'll be able to run your either your own reports instead of doing extracts or asking your partner to run reports for you. Eventually, you're going to be able to go in there on your own. That would be what I'd want operationally because... Yeah. It's competitive, right? And you also have the great resignation going on. And, you know, we hear that every day and then they want to be able to do central fill and consolidate and, you know, they want to compete, right? And right. the only way to do that is you have to have operational data that helps you drive that. And, right. and we built, we're actually the, the exchange and the data lake where release three goes out in the middle of April 
and you'll continue to see releases and, and cut over what we call power line when you hear that. Yep. Yeah. Power line's a new enhanced thing, our network services capability that allow you to go in and better run your, your operations and uh, understand what you do. And I'm going to, I'm going to dumb this down again to Francis level. Mm-hmm. So when I think of technology evolution, um, what you described to me as sort of a, I view it as kind of a tipping point again. It's like we had the early technology days where you had flat files. Mm-hmm. It was a big evolution. You saw systems transition to relational databases, right? So the the world of SQL, that's very exciting. You can go in and you can write your fancy report from these mm-hmm. relational databases. Data lake is like the next evolution of that, right? So it's structured data. It's unstructured data. It's new ways to grab data. It's more flexibility. Is that is that a simple way to think about it? Is it yeah, well accurate? Done. Okay. Yeah. And for the CIOs that try to tie off of that, you know, that's think about we build things in templates to pour in, you know, no SQL or SQL yep. and even our SQL. You know, if you, if you hear people go, well, I'm using SQL, that's the standard, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Oracle. Uh, actually, it's not anymore. I mean, so like Postgres, we, we personally use, but there's others out there as well that are very, very scalable and use T-SQL stay. So, I mean, that's that, that you can actually grow. Uh, much higher. And if you think about, I don't have to pay for the, every instance I need, I actually just, you know, auto, we, we set up, you know, nodes and, uh, mm-hmm. and clusters and that'll, that'll go beyond anything, you know, that we'll need. We might have regional plays in that just to make things faster, but it's yeah. uh, about as scalable as you're going to need in this industry. Which, which when you're talking about kind of all the data that flows through your yeah. system is huge, right? So it's um, scalable, easier access, better reporting, better analytics. Absolutely. And we can help you too. I mean, we can start to see trends on behalf yep. of all of our customers, right? So yep. best practice. And that we're kind of doing that a little bit with our access platform as well as where we have people looking at it. We, we have, you know, not only do we have a, you know, a group of people that look at it with us, you know, and they're or in that journey, um, that, that little uh, small committee of people that are like insider, the first few adopters. Yep. But even greater than that, we actually have people say, what's the most efficient path in that system? And what are the things that we would build in operationally yeah. as features? Yeah. And we'll continue to do that. You know, how do, how do I take less clicks out? Because that's okay. I mean, in the in the days I mean, people when you that's the thing we actually go up against. You were asking about culture is yeah, they don't even look at the screen. It's tab, yeah. right? <laughs> Control function. Boom, boom, right. boom, boom, boom. Right. So I've got to I've got to do something like that. We won't. Build out. A, we have some control functions in there, but it won't be fully, you know, we'll control get, function. Yeah, but yeah. how do I make that where it's worth their while to actually touch a screen or hit, hit their mouse? Right, right. Although then you get the touch screen stuff, and you go back to a non-touch screen, and you start poking at the screen. Like, why doesn't this work? And you break your screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know you're poking too hard. Right. One, one, right. Like, one thing on. is fun about usability, and that's if yeah. you look at what we did with Access. It's that's by design too, and that's where the tools have gotten so much better. And it's browser based, right? So. Um, when you design a system, you should have a sitemap that says, how do I get through this system? Because if you don't have that, you won't know how many clicks unless you're using tools. And you can do that, yeah. but that's kind of not, that's backwards, right? The investment yeah. is higher and it's, it's you know, you're going to be having new releases that fix yeah. things that you should have done initially. You want it designed with that in mind from the get-go, yeah. So we have them. They look like big, nasty spider diagrams, but they uh, that's how you get through the system. And then you build it that way. And so what you build is API services. And then you can actually, you can build a screen during, later, before, whatever, and then you link the two together. So um, 
that experience matters a lot and the usability. And we, we put a whole lot of work into that and, and you should, right? It's not yeah. just faster with a browser. Yeah. Design. The, this is, it's actually a perfect example of what you were talking about in the beginning of how do you marry what the business analysts do, the BAs with the tech folks, right? That's part yeah. of it as the BAs know, what's that process look like? The tech folks know, well, here's what actually has to happen in the back end to make that happen. And together, you kind of build out those massive spider maps of here's how the system flows. Yeah. Yeah. And then you That's measure cool. it afterwards. Say, hey, is there a spot they're getting hung up in? You know, is yeah. there, is it, can, can we optimize? But you're absolutely right. Do the heavy work on the front end and then you can optimize. If not, yeah. it's going to be heavy work on the back end. Yeah. And in software, the more you push design our problems downstream, it actually goes up. And, you know, people say exponentially, but significantly more uh, um, rework. Yeah. Yeah. Versus having a good solid design and then you can add features, but you've got the totally the core design. Yeah. I'm just wondering, does this make it easier? You know, a lot of people with COVID, a lot of employees are working from home now. Does this cloud make it easier for them to access their systems from from home and to work from home? It certainly does. Um, you know, you, you always have to worry about PHI, though. So, that, you know, even when we develop, you know, first of all, we don't give developers access to customer data and we do which can what we call uh, encrypted or contrived or or something like that but absolutely um you know we actually we can show you you know in our demos we actually take an ipad and say okay i can do this from my house you know i can run my operation if i needed to um the other thing we've done and it's kind of edge you know it's cutting edge kind of you know we built an identity service on the front end it's actually somewhat been out there for years but we we innovated pretty heavily and said Okay, access to any of our systems will go through this identity service. And it says, hey, Bob, you can actually have these functions in facility A, and you can have only these in facility B because of, you know, uh, you know you're not allowed to test that customer's data. Or you can, you know, you can have access with single sign-on to DocuTrack versus Access versus and it allows us to have one sign-in. And uh, it also will tie back to your ERP system or your AD system or whatever. And so you, and a, part of the problem is man, user management's a big deal. You don't want people in your systems when they're not supposed to be. The other one is when you don't track when people go offline in your system, like especially right now, you know, with all the people moving from jobs or changing jobs or not going back to jobs, you want the ability to auto update that and you don't want somebody coming back in later to touch. And then to your point, uh, Francis, you can take your PC and you can log in with a browser at home. If, if the company allows you to do that, then you can do that for your facility, especially, and, and that enables things like they call that true business continuity planning. Mm -hmm. That's how you can get business continuity planning. And candidly, a lot of workers want to work from home now. And uh, you can start to enable some of that, which is great. I mean, that's that's the flexibility we've tried to build in the, our new system. And we're actually rolling that back into our existing systems as well over time. That just makes a whole lot of sense. So I've heard kind of a couple themes and I want to tease some of them out or maybe kind of test. Are these accurate? So one is um, scalability. So a, as you grow, does your software grow with you? How easy or hard is that? Two is um, cost of ownership, right? What's it cost you to put stuff in your own facility versus leverage um, shared facilities? Let's call it for kind of ease of description. Three is sort of the, the idea of, hey, what are you experts at versus what are others experts at? And how do you, how do you put the... Um, 
task with the the folks who are the most expert at it. And security is the great example of that, um, but others as well. What are some of the other like, hey, we think big themes as you think about technology. And those are three that kind of really stood out and, and probably speed to change, right? So if everybody's on a consistent version, you can, and, and support, right? So everybody's on a consistent version. It's easier to release new things. It's easier to um, support them. It's easier to kind of keep the system healthy and where you want it to be. Other things we missed are stuff, Bob, that you think like, hey, this is a really big theme you should walk away. Um, gosh, I think you did a pretty good job with the growth, uh, auto growth. Um, and I, you know, one thing I would say is don't be purist about what you do. Yeah. Um, you know, if you already have some, some capabilities, like have your own baby data center, you know, there's a way to do that, you know, not, you know, certainly with us, you can, if you want yeah. to do some data on your own side, that's fine. We do that. You just like to yeah. do data, but absolutely it's growth TCO, um, there's no reason to be in the IT business if you're not going to do it really well. I mean, hardware is a hard business to make money at, and people are really good at it. Infrastructure is really important now. It's People have made it more of a commodity, but the truth is they haven't. It's just went to a few people that are really good at it and do it more effectively and more cost efficiently when you consider all costs being in. And we do the same thing, right? We are a platform. So we're going to at the end of the day, we're going to be ahead of the pack because of the, the capability to scale and have one code base. And um, you talked about experts. I, I would go back to the experts of, yes, we are in security and yes, we are in infrastructure. But also when we're not, we actually have an integration methodology where we'll tie it in and you won't even know you're in another yeah. system. Yeah. Um, we're already forging some of those like in, you know, the consulting software that we see, you know, for, yeah. you know. Um, or HMED or whatever those might be. You know, I don't want to give away things, but if you're not going to be the best partner with somebody and, and offer the best services as a platform, and then we're doing a better job for our customers um, or our partners in this, in yeah. this business. Yeah, I think about, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simplify it down. Like anywhere online, if you're typing in an address, all those companies are using the same, probably two or three That's vendors right. that provide that kind of, source data and editing, or if you're doing a credit card transaction, right, there's a handful and it's all seamless when you're on the website, yeah. it looks like you're just there. Right. But they're going to the folks who are, who are expert and do that every day to do that particular capability and just pulling it in. I learned a long time ago when I was in IT, the best phone call you get is the one you don't get. Right. And, uh, <laughs> the only time you hear from people is when things are broke. Yeah. Right, and, right. And that should be your goal. Is yeah. Like, it should be seamless and you should be worried about running your operations and, and yeah. our jobs to make your operations easier for you. Yeah. 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 Cool. So that's what one thing we ask everybody at the end of at the end of the podcast. So we've got, you know, folks out in the industry listening. Um, hopefully lots of folks who are in the pharmacy working, what should they take away from this? That's sort of the one big thing. Hey, if you do something differently in your job tomorrow, or you think about your different, your business differently tomorrow, what's that one thing they should absolutely walk away thinking about? One thing I would walk away with, find a partner that you can trust and a platform. And, and the only way to do that is have a strategy for where you want to be. If yours is to be the most efficient, then you got to find a partner that matches that. Um, if you're going to find the one that's the most secure, that's operationally the most sound, find a partner to do that. So that's the, that would be the number one thing. The partnership means everything. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I call this an ecosystem. 
we're a part of a bigger ecosystem and our job is to be the platform that, that is basically the foundation for that ecosystem. So that's our, that's our goal and our objective is to be the best in class at being your, yeah. uh, your platform. Awesome. Makes a lot of sense. Yep. All right. Jim, any last, any last the partnerships huge. That's huge. Oh no, exactly. No, I think that's good. That sounds like the good X factor there. <laughs> All right. We're about to show the system off too. So if you haven't seen it, can I give a shameless plug? Yeah, give a shameless please, plug. Please ask. I mean, we have advisory boards. We have uh, MHA coming up, as you heard about, and tie off back at mm-hmm. that. And at the Integra conference, you can actually uh, reserve time as well. And then we're going to have training sessions as well. So feel free to reach out to us, and uh, we'll be glad to show you and take you along that journey with us. But uh, coming very soon to a theater near you. <laughs> awesome. Cool, cool. Well, this has been tons of fun. Um, enjoy your time at home this week, Bob. I know that li- the time you get, that's a rarity because you're usually up in Spartanburg. Yep. Um, this has been fabulous. And thank you, everybody. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to the Integra X-Files. We'd like to hear from you and gain your perspective on the X-Factor and improving long-term care pharmacy. Connect with us at IntegraXFiles.com. That's IntegraXFiles.com.